welcome to the No Relation NFL podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, you got home safe from Indy and the Combine, I suspect? Yeah, absolutely. It was a great trip. Uh, I've been fighting a cold forever, so if I break out some coughs here, I apologize. But, man, it was it was very cool. I mean, it has become a media spectacle, to say the least. And even people that were there last year said, man, it's a lot bigger this year. It's, it's a whole convention center. And I must say, I thought the coolest thing about the whole trip for me was meeting people like yourself. You know, like you and I have talked four million times, but we've never met. You know, I yeah, was like for like nine years. For like nine years, right? You know, and John Clayton, I've talked to him eight hundred times, and I met him for the first time this weekend, and Greg Cosell, and many, many people like that. So that was very, very cool. Yeah, it's a cool little convention, and, and it is amazing that it's getting bigger. Every year, because it was pretty damn big last year, you know, and uh, it's just, it's just a monster thing, and it's it's really productive. I mean, you feel like you got a lot out, lot out of it. Absolutely. However, it's sort of not productive for me. I mean, I did get a lot out of it. There's no question about that. So that's not what I'm saying. But usually, the last ten combines, basically. I've been sitting in my Lazy Boy watching the coverage, you know, all the, you know, everything they show on NFL.com over and over and over and studying the stats and the numbers. This year, I feel like I don't have any idea what happens to Combine. Right, right. You know, from a scouting perspective. So I'm well behind in terms of analyzing what happened on the field. It does seem from reading things, and I, I wasn't there, but it does seem from reading things that, this combine, the combine backed up the notion that this is going to be a very strong draft. There is a lot more winners than losers at this combine. It seemed like you know, like the, the guys that we thought would do well did really well. It just seems like a lot of people did well for themselves at the combine. Yeah, that's the impression I got too, and I certainly have been reading up and watching some since. But it's crazy. I mean, it, I, free agency happens like as we speak, so there's no time to go back and catch up because everything's happening so fast this year. But you're right. I mean, especially so many good defensive prospects. I mean, the defensive backs all tested extremely well collectively. <laughs> the tight ends as well. I mean, so it, it, I think this is a very strong class in a lot of areas. The running backs did really well for themselves. Yes. I, I want to talk too much combine, but just like a guy like Christian McCaffrey who did everything else very well but only put up five – 225, you know, bench presses. Is that an alarm or is that just cool because he did everything else so well? No, I think the general opinion on him was this was a very successful, you know, few days in Indy. Um, people aren't looking at him as a power player anyways. You know, they're looking at him as a, a space back, a better version of a Shane Vereen maybe. And, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, to be very honest, I think the bench press is the most overrated of all the drills. Yeah. Positively and negatively, right? Yeah, I mean, I just don't think it tells you that much. I mean, I think it's much more of an endurance test than a strength test. And those aren't the same things. You know, football isn't played. You know, football's played with five seconds in a burst of fury, and then you relax for 30, you know. And right. there's no way of testing that way or these guys would be ripping up their pecs and, and, you know, tearing muscles if you had 500 on the bar and do it once. But I don't think it's a very good indicator of pure strength. 
Right. Go, going back to McCaffrey a little bit, because I think he's going to be a fascinating guy to talk to a lot. And you're right. I mean, we're talking about the combine and free agency has basically opened. That's how silly this, this year's calendar is. Um, you call him, a, you know, basically a rich man, Vereen. Is that warranted in a first-round pick? Because it looks, seems like he's going to be a, you know, 18 to 30 pick. And, I mean, does, is that worthy of a first-round pick, especially in a deep draft? That's a good question. You know, I mean, there, there's many out there. Mel Kuyper says it all the time that, you know, don't even don't use first-round picks on running backs, period. You know, and right. I, I can understand that logic. And, and I don't know that he's special enough to do it, but he sure fits what people do in this day and age at the position. You know, I mean, if you could detach them out wide and create mismatches that way, I mean, I, I think a lot of teams will be excited about him. However... I was talking about free agency more, and you look at, at the teams that could use a running back around the league, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot more of them that could use the bigger throwback Eddie Lacy, Murray, Peterson type than the receiving types. You know, you look at Tampa Bay and Detroit and Green Bay and Oakland and New England. <laughs> I, mean, I think yeah. all those teams would be more in the market for the big guy. And there is, I mean, last week when AP, you know, became a free agent, I did possible fits for him, and I found 15 possible fits. Wow. That's essentially half the league. So there's need for running backs out there. Um, but you're right, there's not that many that are looking for, you know, the, the, the smaller, shiftier type. You know, Danny Woodhead is being connected to Denver already. Well, a lot of people think that McCaffrey can end up in Denver. That that wouldn't likely happen if they spent money on a on a smaller back, right? Sure. I, I, I don't think you bring in both, that's for sure. Especially because right. Anderson's a good player, and I don't think he needs replaced. Right. Um, there's an obvious connection, though, with you know the offensive coordinator now in Denver was the head coach for uh, Woodhead, and that makes sense. You get a lot of buzz even in, in the Combine. I got a lot of people asking me about Rex Burkhead. You know, that this is a pretty good receiving back that probably isn't super expensive. I would think a lot of teams will have some interest in him, too. Yeah, interesting. Let's go to some quarterback talk. I don't think we've talked since the news came out that Garoppolo likely won't be traded. And I thought that talk was basically silly and basically just a message of the week. Hey, up your price. I mean, does it make sense for New England to hold on to him? I I don't think so. Well, even more rumors have even come out since then. You know, I mean, today is – we're recording this around 4 Eastern on Tuesday – and all the buzz is Kirk Cousins is going to go to San Francisco. And then they kind of follow that news up with, and the Patriots aren't going to trade um, Garoppolo for anything less than two firsts. Right. I don't believe that, first of all. I mean, I, I think that I still think that if the Browns offer number 12, that the Patriots do cartwheels and take it. And I understand the logic that. Jimmy doesn't cost us anything right now. We can franchise him next year and equip ourselves to deal with that, you know, and maybe from that point on you lock him up and he's your long-term answer. Who knows where Brady is two or three years from now. And I do believe you love him, and you know that Belichick's not <coughs> excuse me, in the business of giving away dudes for cheap that he loves. I mean, we know that's not what he does. But still, I mean, if I give, you know, Bill Belichick truth serum right now and say, 
you know the 12th pick in the draft for your backup quarterback that's going to be O.J. Howard or a great pass rusher or a top corner, you know, I think he takes it. And you have, and, and I know I, I don't want to really endorse quarterbacking past the age of 40 because it just rarely ever happens, ever. But when you have a guy like Tom Brady who's meant so much and you know how mentally in tuned he is to, to everything, he's saying, I can do three, four years. I mean, don't you buy that? Maybe that's, that's silly. I, I get it. But, I mean, I'd be kind of inclined to worry about him later and get as much as I can for Garoppolo now. I think that's what I do, too. You know, just because we just won the Super Bowl. Is Belichick in it for the long haul? I mean, is he going to hang it up when Brady retires? You know, let's let's try to string two more together, you know. And yeah. if a great, you know, young player can help us get there, didn't have a first-round pick last year, you have tons of cap space, it could be a very different <coughs> roster after the, after the Super Bowl. So I, I'm in the, the camp with you that move them, even though I'm a big fan of Garoppolo, move them and let's go win now. Right, and it's not like the well, guy you traded for. I mean, you would trade him for a draft pick who's going to be there for the next five years. Right, at least, yeah. Um, let's uh, let's talk more quarterbacks. As you said, you know, Mike Glennon, thirteen, fourteen million dollars a year. I'm going to compare him to a guy that I know you're not a big fan of. Would you rather have Glennon or Simeon as your starting quarterback? And I, I say Simeon because there's rumors now. I'm starting to really believe this Tony Romo-Denver stuff. I still don't like it, but I'm believing it because there's a lot of smoke, and we're getting closer and closer, and Denver seems to be the one that they're really pegged. My old partner at the Denver Post, Mike Kliss, is as locked in as anybody on the Broncos, and he's really pushing it. And, you know, I talked to him about it yesterday, and he thinks it's, it's, it's very possible. So there's rumors that maybe Simeon gets traded. If I'm the Chicago Bears, I think I'd rather have Simeon than, than Glennon. I would not. Uh, okay. First of all, I kind of felt like a reporter in Indy because, like you were saying just now, a little birdie told me that Romo's going to be a, a, a Bronco. You know that they very much are interested, and it makes fit. You know, makes sense for all parties. I can buy that. You know, and we've all kind of thought all along that that's a potential landing spot. It makes sense. It's similar to the Peyton Manning move. All those things. So I do think that's going to happen much more so now than when I left for Indy. I like Glennon, though. I mean, but Glennon's going to be like $14 million a year. I mean, in this market, he's going to make a lot of money. I mean, so do I like him at that price? Yeah, so-so. He's gonna I, mean, be 20, I mean, he's going to be 27 for this season, so that's fine. But you're going to pay him five, six years. He hasn't played extensively since his rookie year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it just, it just seems to me a classic... One of those, you know, like an, Osweiler. an Osweiler deal, is that? Yeah, I mean, if fresh off the Osweiler deal, that certainly has to be on everyone's mind. Is someone we've seen very little from that has tools? Do we think this guy's ready to lead an organization? And I do right. think that's questionable. But if right. I'm in Chicago, windy city, bad weather, I absolutely want a strong-armed pocket quarterback, and I think Glennon fits that. I don't think Fox, and I think his history has shown us, is ever going to be interested in, hey, let's use a third pick in the draft and insert a rookie right into our starting lineup. Because, I mean, he doesn't play rookies anyways at any position. I wouldn't think he's interested in that move. 
I've said kind of all along with Glennon that whoever adds him, I hope they don't look at it and say, boy, he's the answer. We have no more worries ever for the next 10 years, the quarterback position. I mean, I don't think yeah. he's that, that guy, but he could be. I mean, I do think there's a lot of ability there. I liked how he played as a rookie. They happened to earn the first pick overall, and everyone in the world would have taken Winston or Mariota. So I didn't think that was an indictment on Glennon. But there's certainly some Osweiler vibes here, too. Yeah. If I was a team, and I'm not saying I'm right or wrong, just just my thoughts. If I was a team and I needed a quarterback, I would always go for the veteran stopgap guys like Jay Cutler or something for a year or two and hope to figure it out next year with a rookie if I don't have my eye on a rookie right now. Rather than committing fairly big to a guy that we all probably know is, is essentially going to be fool's gold. You know, I, I'd rather just band-aid it until finding my solution out naturally, organically, rather than trying to hit it big on a, ver- on a lottery ticket. And, you know, like Hoyer's the perfect guy for that, and he was just there this past year. I mean, I do think there's credence in, in that approach. But and not, not feeling think, good about it. I mean, not wanting to stop that guy, but basically better than the alternative. Right. I mean, no, I hear what you're saying. And Chicago's kind of taken that approach my entire lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, been, yeah I mean, that's the problem. Which is, uh, yeah, and, and it has not really worked in the most part. But um, the thing is, though, this year, some of these teams just have so much money that if you miss on them, I don't know how bad it hurts the Bears. You know, that they have so much to spend. And I think the market is going to show us here in these next couple of days that people are going to make an obscene amount of money from some of these teams. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, last thing on Glennon, if I was the Bears owner, I would ask my, my, my guys, my GM and coach, that. If you guys really like this guy, then why didn't we try to trade for him a year, a ago. year ago? Yeah. What's and they probably would say, year? well, because um, we really didn't like him and it wasn't worth a trade. But now that he's available, he becomes attractive. Right. You know, the, and that's a good the, point. The cologne of availability and desperation is, is scary. Yeah, and that's a great point. And if I was that owner, I think I'd ask the same question. And I guess you could say, well, Cap space is something we have. We didn't want to give up draft picks. You know, yeah. it goes back to cap space doesn't matter. We have tons of it. So we'll. And, right. and again, I think if you do sign them or when you sign them, you still might use a second round pick on a quarterback or a third round pick or a first round pick yeah. next year. You know, or, you know, if you get in a situation where Glennon was as a rookie, where you bring him in, plays pretty well, but he isn't superstar. You go two and fourteen, and the next James Winston comes out, and you draft him, and then you trade Glennon. Yeah, yeah. I guess I so. And, and I mean, the original I, I, point I about so much down with it, right? The point you made a few minutes ago about so much money out there. I mean, the Texans aren't really going to lose that much when he when they cut Osweiler after this year. I mean, it, it won't be a great situation, but it won't be debilitating either. So I guess. You can make an argument for making those type of moves. And I would think that they, you know, this deal would be a little more team-friendly than the Osweiler one, too. So, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, cap space just doesn't mean as much as it used to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
another quarterback, we've talked for weeks about how intriguing this quarterback carousel is going to be. He may pop up a last week, kind of settle down a little bit, but A.J. McCarron, do you see him as a, a potential starter type or just another team's chip to to see if they can swindle somebody? I mean, I'm not giving a lot up for him. Like yeah. I would have, I would have, I would take Garoppolo by leaps and bounds oh, before I would take McCarron. But I mean, if he doesn't cost you a lot in terms of you know draft pick compensation, and you bring him in, and you bring a rookie in, and just see what happens, I can understand that. But I'm not a huge fan. I mean. Yeah. I don't think I can make the case that he's one of the best 25 quarterbacks in the league right now. And that's about that's about the the window, isn't it? I mean, the cutoff. If you, if you don't think he's the top 25, then go find somebody better. Right, right. I mean, that's kind of my thoughts too. Or I don't know. I mean, what if you have? What if you're the Giants? You know, and or the or the Chargers. You know, what if you're one of those situations where? He wouldn't be your starter, but he's a heck of a lot better what you have behind him, and your starter might be walking off a cliff. Or Arizona. Yeah, I can see Arizona maybe. But not a San Francisco or a Chicago who has a need right now. Right. Not the guy looking for their Carson Palmer, Eli Manning, Phillip Rivers. Right. But if you have that old dude... Maybe give up a fourth-round pick for McCarron, bring him in, and then a year from now use a first-round pick on a quarterback. Well, do you have any idea? In. Do you have any idea what could be Kaepernick's future? I mean, see a guy that gets picked up in June or even towards training camp starts. I mean, I have no feel. You have for him a hard time getting a job. I have no feel at all for him. I don't know. I don't, and it's not even because he won't stand for the national anthem or whatever. I just don't know which team. I mean, a lot of dominoes have to fall. Like, for me, it's, it's too foggy of a picture for me to say, oh, okay, he'll go to New York or, you know, or he'll go back up somebody or fight for a job in Cleveland or something. I just, to me, there's so many people ahead of him that that domino needs to fall before I could project yeah. you know, or, being, or even be a GM to say, okay, now I'm calling Colin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking that he might just have a hard time being in the NFL this year. See, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe, but after five of the after Tyrod Taylor has a home and Cutler and you know Romo and Tyrod, you know Taylor and all these guys we're talking about, and you're the Jags and you're sitting there and you didn't do anything. And you still have Bortles and Henny, and that's it. And Kaepernick's cheap. Bring him in, and you know, put him in the mix. I mean, certainly more attractive than a, a Matt McGloin type, who's a free agent yeah. as well. I mean, right? Or a Geno Smith, or yeah, you know, yeah. Josh McCown, or yeah. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there. None very good. There are, there's yeah. a lot out there. I mean, like, Geno Smith could be better in his second stop. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to the Hall of Fame, but, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he, wasn't, he hasn't had a whole lot of body of work to say he's awful. Right, right. Um, I want to go away from quarterbacks a little bit. Brandon Marshall, 
he was just cut. Can you see him maybe being a fit for the Steelers? That was a big talk. I mean, for those that don't know, I went to the Combine on the Steeler Radio Network's dime, and we did shows from down there. And Marshall grew up in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And that was a big topic of conversation on a couple of the shows is, should Pittsburgh kick the tires on this guy and bring him in? I wrote about yeah. it yesterday, and I kind of I kind of like it. Yeah, and you actually mentioned your Raiders, too, which I don't dislike either. And I like the Pittsburgh connection. I mean, it would have to be cheap. You know, he'd have to take less. I'm sure somebody would give him more than Pittsburgh. And a couple years ago, I would have said, dude, he's too much of a locker room problem. He's a crazy personality. But all those, now I think it's a positive where it sounds like he's got everything under control and he's an advocate for, you know, bipolar disorder and he's got it. You know, maybe he'd be a very positive influence on Sammy Coates and especially Martavis Bryant. And uh, I look at Pittsburgh and if they're going to add a receiver, I think it needs to be a big guy, you know, a red zone threat, a go up and get it jump ball type. And I think Marshall can still do that. Um, I think there will be a market for him. Uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to be the number one no matter where he goes, but what if you put him opposite Sammy Watkins or, you know, in New York in their three receiver sets or with the Giants or, like you said before, Oakland I don't think is a terrible fit. You know, Pittsburgh and as Martavis Bryant's mentor slash insurance. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'd be a good fit in Pittsburgh. And people are talking New England. That kind of scares me. I don't know if it scares me, but I don't know if I believe it because him and jo- Josh Daniels ran him in a, ran him out of town a year after he ran Cutler out of town. I mean, are they going to be able to work together? I, d- I don't know. I don't, I don't even know yeah, if Josh Daniels even be interested in that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, who knows? I mean, obviously, Belich- if Belichick's interested – and his game planned against Marshall over these last couple of years and still thinks he can play, you know, that would trump everything. But Yeah, but don't you think, and who knows, but don't you think if McDaniels has enough cachet there to go, hey, coach, and if, if he feels this way, I don't know if he feels this way, hey, coach, this is like one of the top three pain in the butts I've ever dealt with. Right. Then, yeah, I'm telling I, you, I, I it, it, he's going to be bugging Brady. It's, it's, he's going to be... He's, him and Edelman aren't going to get along. He's not going to be good for the young guys. I mean, don't doesn't Belichick go okay? Let's scratch him. Yeah, probably. And, yeah. and although I do think Marshall's image has changed since then. Yeah, but you know, I mean, he wore people out there. He right. did. I mean, I, I I was covering him his first two years, and I'll never forget. I asked one of the assistant coaches about three four days into training camp, and he was a fourth round pick. And he was dominating, and he—I mean, he was—he was like the best player on the field. And I asked one of the coaches, "I'm like, hey, am, am I being silly here, or is—is is that Marshall guy just tearing it up?" And he looked at me, and goes, "Don't write it, because I, I think he's a pain in the butt as a kid. He was, but he's a brilliant football player. I mean, he's brilliant. Wow. He goes, we just got to keep him, you know, his head into the game. And I don't want—I don't want the Terrell Owens." football comparisons happening quite yet. So, I mean, he was he was tough on them, but he was a he was a great player and he still is a great player. Yeah, I'm sure he isn't what he is now what he was with then in terms right. of gaining separation. But I've always thought that he's a receiver that won't fall off a cliff and he'll fade away gently, you know, cuz he's going to make contested catches. He's good after the catch. 
going to be helpful in the red zone. I think there's a lot of teams that could, would be better by signing him. Yeah. Yeah. What about, were you surprised by the Brandon Cooks trade talks? That kind of came out of the blue for me. Surprises me, but there was some rumbling a year ago. I mean, <clears throat> I think you, you, you use the logic of if we're not going to resign this player after his contract, then let's get something for him now and something substantial. And maybe Peyton and Breeze believe, hey, it, it, we'll make we'll make chicken soup out of whatever you know you give us at receiver. Our, our scheme's that good. We've traded Stills. We've traded Jimmy Graham. We're the constants here. We'll be fine. But to me, I'm like, what's not to like about Brandon Cooks playing in a dome, right. a speed player, a compl- you know, a, a different type receiver than Michael Thomas? I mean, you bet match Thomas and Cooks up for the next five, six years. You're really humming. You know, I I don't know why you wouldn't like him unless Breeze is such a stickler and, I, you know, you hear this with Stills that he doesn't run these crisp enough routes. He's not where he, he needs to be at all points. Maybe there's some of that, but, man, I'll take Cooks if I'm the Eagles or the Titans or one of these teams. I'll take him in a heartbeat. Right, right. I think they have great pickup. I saw today somewhere that there's some talk that uh, – Jarvis Landry could be on the trade block, too, out of Miami. You find really? him? Yeah, I just saw that just before we did started the show. Wow. I did not hear that yet. I mean, at the first I heard it, and it shocks me. I mean, he's a quality, tough-ass dude. I mean, I would think he'd be more of the let's extend him now while we can camp. But uh, is there some reason he doesn't fit the gay system? I, I, I don't know. I... I would think there'd be a lot of people after Jarvis Landry. I mean, I immediately think the Patriots. They're not going to train the Patriots, but man, imagine him as one of the yeah. squad guys. Yeah, that that one. The reports that they may like Kenny Stills more, so I don't know how. I don't know how strong that one is. Yeah, I mean, I do know that yeah. they like Stills, and they're fight, facing a dilemma there of if we give Stills huge money to keep him, then Jarvis is going to want every bit as much, which I. Which he deserves. I think he's better. Right. So maybe just kind of, if they sign Stills, kind of solve a problem before it happens and, and, and get something for him? Maybe. But, man, yeah. I think you'd, you're moving on from a good player, though, in his prime. Right. You um, you think Darrell Revis has a market? That's another one that everyone, all the Steeler fans are interested in because he grew up here like Marshall. I don't know. His tape's really bad, you know, this past year. There's also talk that, you know, he wasn't super interested, wasn't in as good a shape as he should be. Um, You know, he'd be a good influence on – he was always a very bright kid. You know, I mean, he's he's not a kid anymore. He was a kid when I tried to recruit him to Pitt. Um, You know, but his best assets were always his mind. But also – he has never taken a dollar less to go anywhere in his life. No. You know, is that going to start now? He's going to have to to go anywhere, I think. Or does he have so much in the bank that maybe he would go play for a winner for one more year and see if he has something left? I don't know. But depends where he while he views himself. But I don't think anybody looks at him as anything resembling a number one corner anymore. Right, so is it even worth it? Because there are some corners out there, and it's a very, very strong draft for cornerbacks. 
Right. So right. I mean, I mean, I don't know if you can know you're going to be able to count on him until like October, after you see yeah, a couple so, of games. I, I, so is he the guy you it. sign after the draft when you didn't land the corner you wanted? Yeah, maybe. But you're right. He's not going to be. He's not going to sign for a million dollars. You know. Right. I mean, if it's anywhere, it's Pittsburgh or New England to win it all or come home. But, I mean, he's never proven that that's his M.O. Right. Here's another guy um, who was cut last week, Jamal Charles. I'm a big Jamal Charles fan. You look at his numbers, you can make a Hall of Fame argument for him. Um, Yes. But the reality is that he's 30, and he's had 83 carries in the last two years total. That scares the hell out of me. I mean, is he going to have a market? Should he have a market? See, that's a tough one for me, too. I was just asked that on a different podcast yesterday, and I had mentioned that the teams that need backs are looking for the big guys, the Petersons, the Lacys. And I just don't know, where's the fit? I mean, you keep here in Philadelphia because Peterson had success with Charles at, you know, in Kansas City. And I get that, but they need the Ryan Matthews replacement type much more than they need the, the speed guy. And I think no matter who takes Charles, can't look at him and say, he's our starter, we got no worries there. I mean, I do think he'll end up in the league, but I just don't know where. I don't see an obvious fit there at all, at least not you know, early February. Again, he might have to wait a few weeks. Right, right. A um, couple Minnesota? guys that cut from, what's that? Minnesota? <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I mean... Denver, if, if Denver's looking for a you know a, a faster guy, a smaller guy, instead of Woodhead, yeah, I just don't know if you can count on him. Chargers, yeah, maybe. But yeah, I mean, you're you're kind of reaching on all those, yeah. you know, and none of them are like, oh, I like that. So his market may be. I've heard that the running back market. There's always one or two positions that take a while to get going. I've heard his mark, the running back market may take a bit to develop. And I could see that. And like you said, there's not, <coughs> there, there is a very good running back class that has a wide variety of backs, you know, every shape or size you want. Right. Um, right. And, and I don't see a lot of teams. I think there's a lot of teams that could use a back, but I don't see a ton of teams that need one, you know, that better right. go out and the, that's, that's priority number one. You know, the teams that right. need a back also need four other things. Right. Um, there was a couple teams making some moves today, you know, get, getting ready for those last-minute moves. D.J. Fluger got cut. Um, he was 11-number overall pick four years ago. Do you think he's a, a worthwhile guy? I know he can play guard and tackle. He's, you know, a high-character guy. I don't know. I mean, he's been very disappointing. His tape of late is poor. And that's the same with Orlando Franklin. I thought he might get cut. And, you know, if they're going to install a Bills-like running scheme there, that was always big, heavy, mauling-type linemen, and Fluker wouldn't – Franklin would fit that. But um, if they don't like him there, who's going to like him? I am sure I know somebody's going to take a chance on him. Don't get me wrong. But he looks very sluggish and heavy-footed to me. Not in great shape, not real agile. Um, there's such a 
shortage of linemen, he's going to play somewhere, and maybe not as a starter, but he's going to get picked up by somebody, Seattle or whoever, Minnesota. But I don't think he's at the top of anyone's list. Yeah, that's a that's almost bust territory. You know, 11th pick, yeah. Alabama, he was massive. He was considered really a, you know, he wasn't expect. he was expected to be a pretty close to being a sure thing. Yep, he was. You know, he was a right tackle, and he kind of failed there, moved into guard, and hasn't adapted as well as you'd think. And Chargers, probably their biggest need right now is offensive line, and they're moving on from their 11th pick from just a couple of years ago to go get somebody else, I assume. So right. kind of says all you need to know. Yeah. And Brandon Flowers is another cornerback out there. There's a lot of veteran cornerbacks. We just talked about Revis. Werner from uh, – Tampa Bay still out there. I mean, there's a lot of veteran CBs out there. Is Flowers kind of a guy like Rebus who you probably look at after the draft? Yes. I wasn't super impressed with him of late, but he's had success in the league. You're right. There's I look at there's 8 to 10 big money starting corners, and Flowers isn't in that crop, that's for sure. But maybe he's a consolation prize down the road. But, again, really good corner class of, of rookies, so he might be an after-the-draft guy. Uh, Arizona just signed Gresson, the tight end, um, to a deal. Surprised you a little bit? Surprises me because they have, you know, more needs on defense, and, you know, they got Campbell and they got Jefferson who they need to get done, and they're probably not going to get it done. So maybe that was just a message, hey, we're going to get this guy cheaper than them and we're going to let those defensive players walk. Yeah, I'm surprised that was a priority for them. I would think they were even looking to upgrade at tight end, but Gresham played okay for them. Um, Jefferson and Campbell, to me, are in a different stratosphere of what they're going to command, especially Campbell, though. Um, I, I don't think it was one or the other, but I do think you know that signing as well as franchising Jones could be showing us that Campbell and Jefferson are going to be playing elsewhere next year. Yeah, I, I think we're going to take I, I think, think we're going to know that answer. Yeah, agreed. I can see the Cardinals taking a step backwards next year, and um, I, I wonder if their window's passed. Yeah, we talked about that last week, and I think that's a, that's a franchise that's in trouble. Um, I want to talk a question about here's a team that everything's pointing upward, Dallas Cowboys, for, for the obvious reasons. But they have no cap room, and there was a report out of Dallas that they may lose their entire free agent class. Not a ton of, you know, priority guys, but there's some decent players in there. Are the Cowboys in danger of taking a step back this offseason? Yeah, they worry me too, because let's say you lose Terrence Williams and Jason Witten starts to look old, and all of a sudden your receivers outside of Dez and Beasley aren't giving you much, and... I love the line, and I think the running game will be solid and be great, and I think Dak will probably take a small step forward in the second year. But what if he doesn't? And the pass rush is already a problem area, and they got, what, four or five defensive backs that played a lot of snaps the last couple of years, all in hitting free agency, Claiborne, Carr, Church, you know, Wilcox. So I have a hard time believing – that when the draft rolls around, I got to think this roster is going to be noticeably worse than it is now. Yeah, so they're going to have to have another good draft. Yes, 
and Dak better not be a fluke. Right. Which I don't think he is, but he's going to have to take a step forward. Moore's going to be, <laughs> excuse me, Moore's going to be asked of him for sure. Right. Uh, it, it's interesting because we all think Dallas Cowboys arrows pointed up, <coughs> but their defense needs help, and they don't have a lot of ways of getting better on defense. No, and getting rid of Romo doesn't create any help, but it might two years from now. I mean, eventually they're going to have the, the luxury of having their starting quarterback making zero money, but it isn't right now. And, again, I, I think they're, they have a better chance of taking a step back than taking a step forward. Yeah. Uh, way back, you think, or 11-5 no. back? No, 11-5 and five back, you know, because, I mean, they're still going to have the line. Some of those young pass rushers might get better. They're going to draft somebody, but they're not drafting fourth in it this year. You know, they're drafting very late. You know, that they're they're not going to get as much out of the draft class as they have the past few years. Right. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Let's close out today's show with just. I mean, we have, we we talk so much about free agency, but then we 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 spend so much talk, talking about individual guys and especially guys they cut and name guys. Is there maybe two, three, four guys that you think are really – are you really watching where they're going to go? <laughs> For sure. Rex Burkhead's one. Woodhead might still fall in that category. Uh, Pierre Garçon. You know, I mean, I'm just talking about guys I think are solid pros that will help a new team. Um, Barry Church had written an article about that just recently. Um, I, I really like the crop of free agent defensive tackle, nose tackle types. I mean, I think there's eight to ten Sylvester Williams, Poe, Brandon Williams, Hankins, and there's many more, actually, that are quality players that are low-bust potential that will help a new team. Yeah, I mean... Are you a pole guy? Because I know a lot of people don't think he makes enough plays. But I don't know he if that's that his game. Uh, like I said, I think there's eight to ten of those big defensive linemen types. Poe worries me because he's played so many snaps since he's come in the league. And I kind of feel like he his best days might be behind him already. And already? he doesn't make a ton of plays. And he's not a pure space eater. I think he's going to get overpaid. Uh, of that whole crop, I think he's the one that gets overpaid. You know, there's guys like Allen Branch. I mean, there's a lot of quality, big defensive tackles. I mean, that's a need for the Denver. Shouldn't Denver try to keep on with Williams? Yeah, but I almost think they need the bigger one. You know, like, yeah. he's okay, but I think a pure nose fat guy, Brandon Williams, would be great for them because we're really he's a guy I'm really looking forward to seeing where he goes. I think he's a real player. I do, too. I really do. I think he'll be the highest paid of the group. Um, but I think Sylvester Williams is a good player that could help a lot of teams. But if I'm Denver, I want even more bulk at the nose. Hmm. Who would be a good fit for them? Brandon Williams would be the ideal fit. Poe, Branch, um, Hankins. You know, there's a lot of these guys that are 325 plus. Could you see New England maybe making a, a splash? Because they, they got some money. Yes. I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, keeping they, their they own probably would be probably Hightower, hard. right? I would think, but I would have thought they had already. You know that. Yeah. It shocks me that's not done. Yeah, I mean it's nitty gritty time now. Right, and Logan Ryan and Butler's are restricted, and I think they'd love to get an edge pass rusher, but by a splash, could they go sign Calais Campbell? Yeah. You're also hearing Campbell's name in Denver. Denver, Jacksonville. Yep. Um, I think Washington, maybe. I've heard Chicago as well. Do you think he could he be an impact guy, Campbell? Yes, I think he's great. I think he's yeah. fantastic and still playing at a really, really high level. Yes. Yeah. A lot of Raider fans want him. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. You know, your call, Martellus Bennett, there's a report that the Raiders and Jaguars are going to be on his heels. And they both make a ton of sense. It was a really good tight end draft class, but if you're the Raiders, you don't need the young guy. You need the guy to help you now. Right. Is he worth it at $9 million for, for, for Oakland? For Oakland, yeah. yeah. I mean, to complete the offense, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, cool. Well, hey, next week, what, what, give me a prediction. This might be unfair. Any prediction we're going to be talking about next Tuesday from, you know, kind of the highlight. It could be, there's going to be many highlights. So just give me one prediction of, of a major storyline we're going to be talking about. Well, the obvious one, I mean, obvious, I mean, uh, is Romo to Denver or Peterson to Oakland or New England. I mean, I, I do think there's going to be 50 big free agent moves that happened, you know, since we've talked. And Glennon to the Bears and Cousins to San Fran. And those all seem like foregone conclusions. But I think Garoppolo gets traded between now and then. And I, I do, too. That was going to be my kind of guess, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a brown. Another one I think John Lynch goes nuts and, and just adds to everybody. Yes. I think he gets cousins and then he just goes bonkers in free agency. You agreed. If Washington doesn't get cousins, what the hell do they do? I mean, this thing seems like a powder keg there. What that Washington if they lose cousins? Yeah. Just See, the their their leadership and what's going on and I mean, yeah, I don't want to speculate that. about Scott McLuhan, but there's something happening when he's not at the combine and then he's not at the facility on the first day of free agent negotiations. There's something right. serious like going on. Sounds like they're trading their, their their starting quarterback and he has nothing to do with it. Right. <laughs> I mean, so, I guess I mean, that kind of takes away his future, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, agreed. You know, And that's sad and that's a, uh, I feel for him, but... I mean, I'd rather have Tyrod Taylor for $10 million a year cheaper than Kirk Cousins and get a right. premium draft pick in return. So you really think Cousins ends up in the 49ers? Yes. I mean, by what I'm hearing on Tuesday, you know, post to noon, sounds like that's really close to being a done deal. So what would exactly that be? See, that's what I don't know. I mean, next year's first or... Give Can't me number, number two, two and I'll it? give you my second, something like that. Uh, maybe a, a two and a three, and you know, they get Washington's first back. I, I don't know. Conditional or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm interested. I can't wait to hear that news. I mean, that's if that happens, that's, you know, the ownership having a lot of faith in Shanahan and Lynch 
because right. I mean Shanahan. That's the connection with Shanahan and Cousins. If Cousins, a little risky, goes, isn't it? If Cousins goes to Washington for significant draft, you know, capital and a lot in return, I like it more for Washington than I do in the, for San Francisco. Yeah. Get, get yeah, hell of a return on a fourth round. Remember, everybody scratched their head. What the hell was Shanahan doing drafting him in the fourth round after you drafted RG3? Well, that obviously worked. Yeah. But if you're Washington yeah. and you get a lot of draft capital back and you get Cousins off your books and you can use that to, you know, sign Chris Baker as another defense tackle I like and totally rebuild your run defense. You could sign Hightower and Baker and Hankins. So this could work out in Washington's favor. Yeah, right. And you got a big time draft pick that could be Trubisky. Interesting. Well, I mean, the exciting part is that (coughs) speculation time is almost over. So we're almost there. Next time we talk, we're going to have a load to talk about. A lot of reactions instead of projections. Right, right. So cool. Well, I look forward to it. Have a fun week. Stay above water. And thanks, everybody, for listening to No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, talk to you soon.